0: podcast with Hunter Davis thanks for joining us for our next lesson in our series on the book of Ephesians in today's lesson we'll be going over Ephesians chapter 5 verse 7 through verse 16 where Paul commands the church at Ephesus to walk in the light as we look at what this means we can take practical application and see that if we are walking as children of light as we should be then we will be living lives that are filled with wisdom and we will be making the most of every moment. Well, thanks again for joining us for this lesson. We hope that you enjoyed it. In there. All right, Ephesians chapter five. Ephesians chapter five. Next week is Jeopardy. Next week is Jeopardy, so be ready. You know, you can use your notes on Jeopardy, but next week is Jeopardy. Next week, we'll kind of get into new-ish section. It's within the same section, but a new-ish section. But today we're in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 7 through 16. We're going to do something a little bit different today. Um, I'll tell you about that in just a second, but it's a continuation of what we talked about last week. Last week uh, we talked about the sons of disobedience, if you remember. and uh, how we're not supposed to partake with them. Paul goes into it and he continues down that line of thinking, but he goes onto the positive side and says that we need to be children of light. And so we're going to look at what that means. We're going to look at what that looks like. Uh, but that's the command that we see here. So let's read verses 7 through 16 really quick, then we'll pray, and then we'll get into it. It says, Therefore, do not be partakers with them, the them, sons of disobedience, what we talked about last night, the position, or last night, last week. Okay. So therefore, do not be partakers with them, for you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. There's the command we're going to talk about today. For the fruit of the light consists of all goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful to even think or speak, sorry, not think, speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason it says awake sleeper arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you therefore be careful how you walk not as unwise men but as wise making the most of your time because the days are evil all right let's pray dear God we just come before you and thank you for this time that you've given to us and I pray that you'd uh, speak through me and be your words I pray that as we look this passage in Ephesians that we'd see your truth and we'd be able to apply it in our lives Immediately, you know, right, right away. This week, today, even God and I pray that we would live as children of the light, walk as children of the light, walk in the Spirit, um, you know, and just be who you've called us to be. Be who we are, positionally, act that way. God, I pray that's what we do, and I pray all this through Jesus' name, Amen. All right, so today there's there's a command, and I think on your sheets the first point isn't a point; it just says. Uh, what's the command? And the command is that we be children of light, right? In verse 7, it says, don't partake with them, which we talked about last week. I tagged it on in front of this week. But then he says, for you were formerly in darkness and now you are light in the Lord. So walk as children of light. So there's the command that Paul gives us is to walk as children of light. Uh, and what that means for us, um, I see, well, it means a lot of things, but here's three things that we can see because of that. Okay, first, because he's talking to believers, Okay, and we've talked about this a lot throughout, but, Believers can live as children of darkness, meaning that we can do the things that people of darkness do, or do the things that we are not positionally. We talked about that last week, so we're not going to go into it. But we are positionally with God; we're positionally children of God. Okay, and then there's positionally without God, and so we can live either way. Practically, we can do sin, right? We can sin. How many of us sin? Okay, almost all of us. Okay, Wiley doesn't. Oh, okay. Okay. all right. So all of us sin. <laughs> Okay, so we can live in the darkness. And that's why Paul's saying live in the light, because there's this opportunity for us to live in the darkness. It also means believers, as believers, we must actively seek to be righteous. He's saying, hey, live in the light. We gotta gotta pursue that. Okay, and then it also says there it, it means there's a pool, right? There's a pool for us to live in the darkness. Okay, and we all know that. Those are three like super common, easy things. But just by Paul saying, hey, walk as children of light because you are light and you were in the darkness, we can see all that. We can see that there's this pool to live in the darkness. We want to live in the darkness. We want to sin. We want to live according to the flesh as Paul puts it in other places. But we should be living in the Spirit. And when we do that, there's fruit. Okay? And that's what he says in verse 9. Look at it. He says, For the fruit of the light consists of all goodness and righteousness and truth. Okay, he doesn't expound. Paul doesn't expound as much as he does uh, in Galatians here. right? In Galatians... What does he say? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Right? So he expounds a little bit more and he talks about the fruit of the flesh there too. But here he just kind of sums up, hey, the fruit of the light, okay, the fruit of walking in the spirit, the fruit of walking in light consists of goodness and righteousness and truth. It's the good stuff. Okay, that's the fruit. That's what's going to come out. Okay, so there's a command here that we need to live as children of the light, and that we're going to have that fruit of that. Okay, but what does that look like? What does that mean for us? So, like I said, today we're gonna to do something a little different. Okay, the next point. What's up, Galen? The next point on your sheet okay, should be point number one. Is that what it says on there? Point number one on your sheet? Okay, flip it over. We're gonna start at point three today. And then we're gonna go point two, and then we're gonna go point one. We're gonna go backwards because look, if we're gonna live as children of life, what does that look like? Okay, well let's look at verse 15 and 16 because that's where Paul, I think, kind of says, hey, this is this is what you're going to be doing if you're living as children of light. And there's a progression here that we see. So we're going to look at the end first, and then we're going to look at the beginning. Okay, the end. This is think. Okay, you can you can just put think, you can put wisdom if you want to put wisdom if you like that better. But this is verses 15 and 16. So skip down a few verses and look at verse 15 and 16. Because this is what you're gonna look like if you're living as children of light. Okay? He says, therefore. Be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So see, we're supposed to live wisely and make the most of our time. Now there is a there's this time I I didn't use wisdom. Okay, and it deals with a dog. Some of you German may have. Shepherd. A, it was yeah. It dealt with a German shepherd. Okay, and some of you may have heard this story, some of you may not, I'm not sure, but there was this time I was at a friend's house. Okay, and we were in the backyard and we were playing with uh, tennis ball and tennis rackets and I didn't grow up playing tennis like Haley, I'm not very good at it. And so I whacked the tennis ball like a baseball and it went over the fence, over the neighbor's fence. And so it's this big wooden fence, you know, the tall eight foot fence, and I'm pretty young. Okay, but I, I'm like, dude, to my friend, I'm like, dude, do I, do I need to go get that tennis ball? Uh, and he's like yeah that that's an expensive tennis ball and i'm like i was in my mind i'm like dude i like you can just get another tennis ball so he's like we don't have any tennis balls i'm like fine and so i like start climbing over the fence and i look over there and there's a german shepherd sleeping and i get back down I'm like dude i'm there's a german shepherd over there i'm not gonna go get that tennis ball he's like no you need to go get that tennis ball he's he's like that german shepherd's a nice dog i'm like well okay i guess i'll go over there if it's a nice dog so i go over the fence and i'm still scared of this dog and so i start creeping towards the tennis ball and away from the fence and there's this tree and it was fall and so there's a lot of leaves underneath of it okay so it's like it was like in one of those cartoons you know when they're walking and then and then the dog goes "Mm -hmm." looks at you right it was just like that and so i step on this leaf and it goes and looks right at me and then a second german shepherd that i didn't see under the porch comes out and both of them come hard and fast, like barking, like th- this is what the, they were looking like, right, <laughs> to me in my mind anyway. And they were chasing after me. And I ran, I did not get the tennis ball. I ran as quickly back to the fence as I could. And I made it, they didn't bite me that time. I have been bitten by a dog. But they didn't bite me, I got over the fence, I ran inside and I asked my friend's mom, I was like, hey, do I have to go get that tennis ball? And she said, no, you don't have to go get that tennis ball. Uh, but the reason I share that is because you know, I knew, that, I knew that dog was mean. You know, and I didn't make the best decision by going over the fence in the first place. You know, I should have gone to the mom and said, hey, do I really have to go get this tennis ball because there's mean dogs over there. And it wasn't super wise. And sometimes in our life, uh, we can make wise or unwise decisions spiritually or practically or anything. And it can be between even two good things. Okay, And look what Paul says. He, he's talking about being a children of light. And he says, therefore, be careful how you walk. Okay, be careful while you walk. So this idea of being careful, it means that we're actually thinking about it, right? That's why I put think, right? We've got to actually think. So when we get to this point, verse 15 and 16, we're living our life thinkful, thinkfully, thoughtfully. Okay? Thankfully. Thinkfully. We're you thinkfully living think our life. Our, okay? It's a new word. I just <laughs> made it up. Okay? thankfully live your lives. Okay, so we need to be careful about how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Okay? Not as unwise, as, but, but wise. We need to be, use wisdom. And what does Proverbs say about wisdom? It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? So we need to have an awe, respect, and understand and know who God is to actually have wisdom. Where does wisdom come from? God, right? Wisdom comes from God. We all know that. But in our daily life, are we going to God for wisdom? Do we have an awe and respect of God and His power and who He is? No. We, don't. I mean, we don't, and we don't, and J.B. said it this morning in his lesson. He, he said something about, I can't remember the exact context of what he was saying, but basically he's saying, hey, you know, a lot of times we go to God in the big, in the big situations, the hard things. We're like, man, I need God here, but we need, we need Him all the time. We need to go to Him in all the little decisions too. Uh, even going, just going throughout our day, like to walk in the Spirit, we need the wisdom of the Lord. Okay, and We need to keep that mindset and that perspective of who God is in order to live carefully and walk in wisdom. But he says, if we're children of light, we're not only living wisely, but look at verse 16 because I think this one is pretty convicting to me. He says, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Okay, so if we're living as children of light, we're going to live wisely and we're going to be making the most of our time because the days are evil. What does he mean because the days are evil? Well, the days are evil, so there's a lot of opportunities, <clears throat> opportunities for us to not live carefully, for us to not live wisely, and for us to sin, which we'll talk about in a second. But there's a lot of opportunity for us because the days are evil to not do what he's calling us to do, to not live as children of light. So because the days are evil, let's make the most of every moment. In our life and this is convicting to me because he's not saying like let's make the most of every moment so that we're the happiest or like let's make the most of my every moment so that i'm the most fulfilled or so that it's, it's so that we're the most godly right it's so that we're the most righteous so we have the most fruit of the spirit that we're walking in spirit we're children of light make the most of your time every moment okay that we have if we want to be children of light I mean, not be children of light, we are children of light, if we're going to act like children of light, if we're going to live in the light, okay, then every single moment we need to be thinking, hey, what's pleasing to God here? How can I please God in this moment with this response to this person who's talking to me, with this thing that I'm going to say, with this thing I'm going to think? Is this pleasing to God? Is this not pleasing to God? And this is a tall order. I mean, it... How many of us can say, man, I live wisely, not as unwise, but as wise, and I act carefully, I think before everything, and I make the most of every moment of my life? Probably, I mean, no one. probably nobody in here, right? Maybe Brent, okay? <laughs> but maybe nobody else in here, okay? This is hard. And so Paul says, hey, you need to be children of light, and this is the point he gets us to. You need to, you need to live wisely, carefully, and you need to make the most of your time. But before you do that, Okay, we're going to go to point two. Okay, we're going backwards, remember? Okay, so point three. What's point two? Point two is do. Okay, just D-O. That's it. Okay, look at, this is verses 11 through 14. Okay, because before we live wisely, before we make the most of every action and thought and word, okay, we have to do this. Okay, look at verse 11 through 14. It says, Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but... Contrast instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed to the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason, it says, awake, sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So what does he start out in verse 7 saying? Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, which we talked about last week a lot, but... Instead, even expose them. Well, what does this expose them? What is he talking about? What does that mean? Well, to be exposed means to be revealed in the true light. Uh, you could say uh, you could say that somebody's like, seen as who they are you know, or something like that. So I have a story about being exposed or being revealed, okay? Some of you guys have, pr- have oh, heard, this you story, heard this story, okay? <laughs> Some of you older kids definitely have heard this story, but it's a good example of being revealed. Okay, revealed, and this is the, my most embarrassing story of 2014, as okay, what I call it. And so, I was 22 years old, and I was an intern, and we were having a Bible study. It was the first Bible study we were having, but it was an elderly Bible study. Not elderly, like old people, but like, you know, maybe Brent's age. <laughs> maybe a, a little bit older than Brent uh, kind of age, and at that time, I was, you know, only 22, So I I looked at these people as kind of old. Now I'm kind of the age of the younger end of those people. But at that time, I was like, man, these they all have kids. Some of them have older kids. You know, these are old people. You know, and because I was you know 22 and I didn't have kids, I didn't have a wife and stuff. So anyway, I didn't know these people very well. I knew my good friend, uh, her and uh, her wife, her husband, him and her wife. Whatever. I can't even say it. No, they were uh, sitting beside me. Brock and Annie is their name, okay? And so Brock and Annie were sitting beside me, uh, and I didn't know the rest of these people very well. This is the first Bible study, and so we were going around, and we were sharing testimonies because it's the first one. And obviously, since I was the youngest, I took the hard wooden stool. I gave everybody else to let them sit on the couches and stuff like that. And so we're going around giving our testimony. It comes to me. I give my testimony, and then it's my friend, and she had her little two-year-old on her lap, and she's giving her testimony. And it's it's pretty serious at this point, like, you know, we're all sharing our testimonies, and she's in kind of a serious part, and I I just have to fart, like, really bad, I have to fart really, really bad, and you got to see where this is going already, (laughs) but I have to fart so bad, and I I can't hold it in, and I can't get up, because all these older people, like, I'm like, I don't want to get up in front of these people, and like, walk out, and they're probably still going to hear me fart, and so I'm like, I got I to gotta do something because she's in the middle and I can't pick it. I have no idea what she's talking about because I'm just focused on trying to not fart. And so I'm like, okay, I got to get a better grip. So I just kind of like readjust a little bit, you know, to kind of like try and work it out. And I'm on this hardwood school and it just came out and it was loud and obnoxious. Like it was like the loudest fart you could ever think about. It was horrible. And my friend, who I thought was my friend, okay, she could have covered for me. Okay, because she had a two-year-old in her lap. She could have been like, you know, Easton, you know, or something like that. Or she could have continued on and kind of, you know, let it go. But she didn't. She just stopped. And she just, like, mouth open looked at me. She was just like. (laughs) And I was like, I didn't know what to do. Like, I was like, I don't know what to do. So I was just like, my bad. And I was thinking, man, everybody's just going to laugh and it's going to be funny and it'll be fine. So I was like, my bad. And then all the old people were just like. (laughs) And I was like no, please start, someone say something. And it was just like, you know, a minute, which felt like an hour of awkward silence. And then she's like, anyway. And she like continues on. And so the reason I share that is because sometimes, you know, we fart and it's silent but violent, you know. And it's just kind of like, no one knows who it was, but we all smell it. And you're not really exposed as the farter, you know. But that time... I was exposed as the farter. Okay? Everyone in the room knew that it was me. Okay, and I couldn't deny it. I couldn't get away from it. And so what Paul's saying here is he's saying, hey, don't participate with their in their unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead expose them, reveal them. So what does he mean? What does this mean? Well we know that it means it's going to reveal who they are. Okay, but does that mean that we just go around and we just start like looking for people's sins and pointing them out? Well, what did he just say? He said, what was the command that he just commanded? Walk. He said, Walk or live as children of light. And Paul uses this uh, light and darkness. John is another one that uses this light and darkness illustration. And here's the thing about darkness you can never turn on darkness, right? You turn on light. The only, re- the only way that you can get it to be dark is by what? Turning off the light. Turning off the light. Okay? Darkness is can never overcome light darkness can never overcome light and I think that's why Paul and John both use this illustration because darkness can't push out light okay think about it when you go into a room you don't turn on darkness you turn on light okay when the sun sets okay and it gets dark out that's because the darkness overcame the sun right no no, no it's because the sun went away right the sun's over there in the other part of the world Okay, Okay. The sun's gone, so we don't have the light anymore. Okay, That's why darkness is there. Darkness never overcomes the light. Light always Always exposes the darkness. And so I don't think Paul is necessarily saying here that we should go around and we should say, hey, I'm looking for Greta's sin. I'm looking for Gatlin's sin so I can point it out and expose it. I think what he's saying is if you live as a child of light, your deeds, the things that you do, are automatically going to expose the things of the darkness because light always overcomes darkness. So if I'm living righteously, wisely, if I'm living godly and the fruit of the Spirit are coming out of my life and someone is beside me is not, what's going to happen? It's, yeah, it's going to be revealed as wickedness. right? If we're both living in darkness, if my deeds are evil and Gatlin's deeds are evil, they're all evil. There's no light, right? But if my deeds are evil and Gatlin's deeds are righteous, it's going to expose my deeds as evil. Does that make sense? So I think what he's saying in the context and flow, uh, there is a time, you know, for going to fellow believers and and talking with them about sin and stuff like that. But I think what he's really saying is here is if you're living in light, then you're going to expose darkness. You're going to expose the wickedness, the evil. Okay? And so... As we go through this, we we see that darkness never overtakes the light. We can live in the light. Um, he goes on in verse 12, he says, For it is disgraceful to even speak of the things that they're doing, so they're evil things. But all things become visible when they're exposed to what? Light. And what did he say that we should walk in? Light. Light. So, when you're exposed, when the dark, evil things are exposed to the light, they are seen. For everything that becomes visible is light. Okay. And I think that this can be uh, believers it can be unbelievers okay right because remember we as believers or unbelievers we can do the things of the devil or do the things of God right We can walk in the spirit we can walk in the flesh and so I think that we can by living righteously expose things in our brothers and sisters in Christ and in the in the world. the world we're going to expose those things and part of that is good because when we expose things of the darkness what does that make people realize who aren't believers that they hear yeah that's sin it makes them realize sin it makes them see sin and when you see sin you see the need for a savior right because our ultimate goal with unbelievers isn't that they change the way they're living it's that they they put their faith in Christ right and so in that way it is good in that aspect for a believer it's a different act, it's good in a different way because galen should be living righteously So if my deeds are exposing his deeds, then it's an opportunity for him to take a look at himself and say, hey, you know, I see, I see, he says, hey, I see Brent living this way and I'm not. He's living righteously and I'm not. That's his deeds and his heart being exposed. And so then that might hold him accountable. That might say, okay, hey. I need to work on this because Brent is doing this and I'm not, you know, or whatever, you know. I'm using Galen and Brent all the time, of course, because that's what I do. <laughs> uh, but we can do this when we live in this way. I think it, Paul's saying, "Hey, you're going to naturally expose evil." Okay, and you know, there's when we're going throughout our life and we're living our life. <laughs> if we're never contrasted with anything evil. We might need to just like look at ourselves and be like, okay, the world is evil, but I'm never contrasting anything that the world is doing. So what does that say about me? Am, am, I, yeah, am I living in the light or am I living in the darkness? Because light always exposes darkness. Right? So where is my worldview? Is it, does it line up with God or does it line up with the world? Because light always exposes darkness. And also, side note, take comfort in the fact that darkness never overcomes light. It can never overcome light. The only way that you stop shining is if you turn it off. Is if you turn it off, you stop shining yourself. You stop lighting, right? Darkness can never overcome light. Which kind of goes into a little bit, verse 14. Let's look at that one. Paul quotes something here. We don't know what he quotes. Okay, I'll talk about it in a second. He says, For this reason it says, Awake, sleeper, arise from the dead, Christ will shine on you. Now, like I said, we... We don't know what he's quoting here. He could be quoting an old hymn that is just like, hey, uh, you know how you guys sing this song? Okay. He could be quoting Isaiah and not giving an exact quote. There's several passages in Isaiah that talk about this. I think if it's Isaiah, it's Isaiah 60 personally. Uh, but his point here is that Christ is shining on us. Okay. Christ is shining on us. Why is that important? It's because Jesus is the light. So we're not shining on our own jesus is the one shining on us then we can shine we can be a light because of christ you don't have to turn there actually i might have it in here oh yeah looky here okay this is john chapter 1 verse 1 through 5 great passage of scripture but talks about jesus being light as well as a lot of other places talk about jesus being light remember i said john and paul both use the light and darkness analogy here's john using it he says in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god the word is jesus christ by the way if you didn't know says he was in the beginning with God and all things came into being through him apart from him not even one thing came into being that came into being so God Jesus as God created the world and then look at verse 4 it says in him the word or Christ was life and that life meaning Jesus was the light of mankind and the light of Shines that Greek word is present tense, continuing on, meaning the light is shining in the darkness. And the darkness did not, you could say, grasp it, or really, I think a better word is overcome. It could be grasp, overcome, receive. Okay, the darkness can't overcome it, can't put it out, can't grasp it, can't receive it. It can't do any of those things. Okay, um, I think overcome is a great one there, but in the Greek word, because the Greek word is, I think, katalambano. Which is overcome. So, the darkness cannot overcome it. Okay, Jesus is a light, and that that the reason it's so cool to look at Greek is because you can see like the grammar, and it helps you mean, see exactly what he meant. The light shines. That's the light is shining. Is Jesus on the earth right now? No. Was Jesus on the earth when this was written? Probably. Not. No, he wasn't. He wasn't right. This was written in. We have debates on when it was written. But 60 A.D., probably the earliest that this thing's written. right? We think it was probably written before the temple, but 60 A.D., probably the earliest this thing's written. Okay? We know that uh, Jesus has already died and risen and all that before this is written. So Jesus has already ascended into heaven and is at the right hand of the throne of God by this point, and yet it says he is shining. How is Jesus still shining? Through us. Through us. That's why Paul says live in the light. What's, who's the light? Jesus. Jesus, so live in Christ. He is a light that the darkness cannot overcome. And if we live like Him, be imitators of God, and we're living in that way, we're going to expose evil deeds by what we're doing. Okay, Not that we're seeking out, trying to point things out in people, but we're exposing those evil deeds because we're contrasted with the world. Because the world doesn't have the same worldview as us because our worldview comes from God and His Word and who He is. And so as we're living, the light of Christ is shining through us. And that's what Paul's getting at. Okay, So before we can even be wise and think about all these things, and before we can even make the most of our time, we have to not participate with them, but rather live in the light to a degree that it exposes those things. Does that make sense? Hey, But before we do that, we're going we have to do point 1. Okay, so this is point 1 on your sheet. This is verse 10. We have to learn. And this is really important. Okay? And it's it's interesting, but it's it's really important. And okay? it's just one little tiny verse, but I think it's huge because we cannot live wisely. We cannot make the most of our time. We cannot not participate in unfruitful deeds, but participate in uh, exposing the light or living as in the light. We cannot do any of those things unless we do verse 10. Okay, look at verse 10. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Paul says, if we're going to live as children of light, here's the first thing you got to do. Learn what pleases God. Learn what pleases God. What does this mean? Well, when I was in high school and college, I had a lot of English classes, Right? in literature classes where I had to write a lot of different papers. I mean, you're talking about papers. Grammar is grammar, right? Spelling is spelling. You have to get those things right, right? You can't like do grammar wrong or spell something incorrectly. And I do it all the time because I'm bad at grammar. The the interesting thing is, even though I'm bad at grammar and spelling, I got A's in all those classes. And I'll tell you why, because it goes with this point. Whenever you're writing a paper, this thing called style, right? And each professor or teacher has a different style of writing that they like. Oh, and so, so some of my nothing. teachers, some of my teachers liked very flattery words and long sentences and almost like too, too much of a degree. Right? They write very wordy, descriptive. And the light that, when the sun rose, the light was shining just as the majestic, you know what I mean? Blah, 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 blah and they go on and on and on. You know and then there's this other professor that's like don't give me any of that junk tell me what's happening you know you this, this is bogging down the paper and then you got this other one that's like I love similes and then you got this other one that's like don't use similes you need one simile per two paragraphs and then you got this other one that's like your paragraph should each paragraph should be a page and you got this other one that's like each paragraph needs to only be seven sentences and if it's eight I don't like that. And I literally, I mean, you have teachers that are like that, and they're kind of all over the spectrum. So one thing that I would do in high school and college is I would talk to the professor as a as a year started, and I'd learn what they liked. I learned what style they liked, and I'd go to them because I'd write my first paper and I'd get like a, you know, an eighty on it or something, and I'd go to the professor and just be like, okay, so you know, talk me through what you liked and what you didn't like, and they'd go through and they'd be like, well. You, you look at all these similes you're using. This is bogging down your paper and be like, okay, I know, I know how he's liking to write here. And then he'd be like, you know, Th- these are really short paragraphs. Your paragraph should be a lot longer, more in depth. I'm like, okay, he likes long paragraphs. And so I'd start getting these things and checking them off. And then as I'd write my papers throughout the year, I would play to that. So like because like, right it's about what each teacher likes and pull out Yeah, because I, what I did is I learned what pleased my teacher in order to get an A. That's what I did and here Paul says learn what pleases the Lord and so we we know we know what's good and bad but how often do we like just think about what is pleasing to God in my everyday life in my moments in these little things like how can I please God like what what thoughts what things that I say to a person how can I do something to somebody else that pleases God remember last week I think it was that we talked about the fragrant aroma and how when Christ died and rose again there's that fragrant aroma that pleased God okay and so we need to learn what pleases God we can do that by getting into his word we can do that by looking at examples from his word Uh, we can do that by uh, sometimes experience right as we go throughout life we can say hey I did this Now I'm looking in the Word of God and there might have been something better that I could have done. Maybe that wasn't even wrong, but maybe it's something better. But we have to learn what's pleasing to God. And we we don't do this, I'm not explaining this very well, but we don't do this by just going throughout life trying to do good and not bad. You know what I mean? Like, if you're just walking throughout life just being like, okay, I'm just going to try and do good and not bad because I know that's what God likes. Like, that's not going to cut it if you're trying to learn what is pleasing to God. Like you have to actually figure out who God is. You have to study about what He likes, what He doesn't like. Do we know? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like what? You guys think He likes fasting? Why does He like fasting? Should we fast? Is it pleasing? You know what I mean? Like those are the kind of questions that we get into. It's like, hey, you know, I see all this fasting in the Old Testament, but, and I see it in the New Testament too, all over Acts and all this. And Maybe that's something that's pleasing to God. Okay, i know we live in the age of grace we're not under law and all this stuff but like, there are a lot of things we could do that could please god and we've got to learn what they are and if we're going to live as children of light walk as children of light because we are children of light if we're going to walk in that way the first thing you got to do is learn what pleases god in 2 timothy two fifteen, it says uh, study which is really a better translation be diligent to be approved by god i think it entails more than study i think it entails reading praying studying But be diligent to be approved by God, a workman that doesn't need to be ashamed, accurately dividing or handling, uh, correctly dividing the word of truth. And that's why we put study in there because it's talking about the word of truth there. But I think it, reading, studying, praying, I think all those things go into accurately handling God's word. And so we are to be diligent to be approved by God. I think that goes along with this because he's saying, hey, figure out what pleases God okay if you guys ever have girlfriends or boyfriends and you're going throughout your life and you know you're like I'm think I'm gonna marry this girl like I did with Haley I try to figure out what pleased Haley and I try to figure out what her favorite everything was right didn't matter what it was I was like I gotta figure out what her favorite know toothpaste is I don't care what it was okay but when I get her a gift I was like okay what kind of gift would she like I still do that right and I'm like okay what what would my wife what would please her as far as a birthday gift would she like to go play pickleball with all of our friends I think I scored on that one this year okay but uh what would she like what would please her okay and we think about that thing in relation that in relationship to each other uh, sometimes, like that boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, or your, or your buddy. But how often do we think about that with God? Well please God. And if we think about that, and we, and we seek to learn what is pleasing to God, then after we learn that, we can not participate in unfruitful deeds, but instead expose them by acting as children of the light, as who we are. And then as we do that we can be careful to walk not as unwise but wise making the most of every moment how in the world are you going to make the most of every moment in your life if you don't know what pleases god you know what i mean if you're just like ah, eh, i'll do good instead of bad i'll try and do good instead of bad if that's your which is good like we want to do that but if that's your, like okay i'm just going to try to do good and more good than bad just because I know that's what God wants. How are you going to make the most of every single moment? You're not. You're going to be actively seeking to learn who God is. And I'll tell you this, you're never going to learn who God is because His, even His ways are unfathomable to us. God can never be learned. And so we can spend an eternity learning who God is and learning what pleases God because He's so vast and so deep. Okay, so what's our impact learn do think learn do think we we went through our lesson think do learn but Paul's saying it learn do think okay and what does that mean that means live as children of light we've talked about this for a long time okay we've talked about it for several weeks in a row but we should be living as children of life living as who we are we should be living as who we are we are if you put your faith in Jesus Christ for eternal life, you're a child of God. You are a child of the light. So walk in the light. Walk in the light. Do that by learning what pleases God. So you're going to have to get in the Word. You're going to have to pray. Ask God what He likes. Okay. You're going to have to read the Word. Study it. Maybe talk to other people. Other wise people. Talk to Brent. Brent, what does God like? Okay. He's studied the Word a lot. He knows a lot of things that God likes. Okay, so learn what God likes, Okay, do those things, and don't do the evil, so live, and then walk wisely, making the most of every single moment, every single thought, and every single word because the days are evil, and it's going to be real easy, and there's going to be a lot of opportunity for you to not do any of this, and instead just live in the flesh. Thanks again for joining us for True to the Bible podcast with Hunter Davis. If you enjoyed this lesson, make sure you subscribe so you can hear the rest of the lessons on True to the Bible podcast. And if you have any questions regarding this lesson or any of the other lessons, make sure you contact us at hunter.davis at stillwaterbible.org. Thanks again for joining us.